It's the XA Live Podcast. Our desire is to equip and empower you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and stay connected. Join us as we discuss a variety of topics that will inspire you to know Jesus more. Here's our host, Jenny Weiss. Welcome to the XA Live Podcast. So Kyle Fett is a campus minister on both Louisiana Tech and Grambling State University. Our core values are to know Jesus, to live life together, because life is way too hard to do alone, even if you're not in the middle of a pandemic, to take responsibility and to embrace diversity. Ultimately, we want to make Jesus famous on our campus. And so we are so excited that you have joined us today for a conversation. And that's just our goal. Our goal is that you feel like you are a part of the conversation as well. And so today with us in the conversation is Brittany. Brittany, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing well. The constant juggle of life um, that never seems to f- go away. But I ate some breakfast, so um, I'm rocking and I'm rolling. And so, Brittany, I have a question for you because I feel like people are just curious. And I mean, I said the word breakfast. Um, what is your favorite breakfast? Ooh. So I really like to fix pretty much every morning. I fix a bowl of grits with some fried eggs and some bacon. I'm not a huge breakfast person, um, but that's what I eat most mornings. But give me some bacon and I am set. I love me some bacon. Um, you like lost me at the word grits. Like I, yeah, didn't grow up in the South. Don't have the love affair with grits. Don't even understand why people love grits. Um, I think my favorite breakfast is actually waffles, but I never make waffles. Um, I eat oatmeal like every day. It is so simple. It is so easy. Some oatmeal with, um, made with apple juice. Um, maybe some dried apples, some golden raisins, not regular raisins. I hate regular raisins. I like golden raisins and some cinnamon and honey. And um, it's like the spot. Um, so now that everyone is hungry for breakfast because <laughs> what is a day without a breakfast? True. So we are starting a new series today and it's called I Quit. Um, how do you feel about the phrase I Quit, Brittany? <laughs> It needs to be a mantra in my life. I quit. Just don't quit, Kai Alpha. No, not that. But like, there's just so many things that I do that I shouldn't do that I just need to stop doing. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of things I can't do. Like, I can't quit, Kai Alpha. I can't stop loving my kids. I can't quit pursuing Jesus. But all the little things sometimes, like... You know, just some of those things I just need to get rid of. Yeah, so her explanation is perfect. I think sometimes we, when we think of I quit, we think of like those big things, but like it's not about quitting the big things because oftentimes that's what Jesus has asked you to do, but it's figuring out how to stop fighting the wrong things. We spend so much time in our life fighting the wrong fights Mm -hmm. that Sometimes we just need to say the word, I quit. And so today we're talking about, I quit being afraid of what other people think of me. And so Brittany, how has being afraid of what other people think of you impacted your life? 
Well, as I was thinking about this topic, obviously this is like one of my weaknesses. I am a people pleaser at heart and it has been a struggle probably since I was born Mm. that I always struggle to think about what people feel. Um, I'm afraid of what people think about me. And so I can remember back when I was in elementary school and I've always had this dream and I had someone that I looked up to pretty much say I wasn't good enough Mm. and pretty much bypass me. They just completely bypass me. And it really hurt because it was like a passion that I had pursued for years. And so when another opportunity came about to try again, I passed on it because at the core of who I am, I still thought I wasn't good enough. And so that desire to please people or to live up to what other people do or do not think of me has still been a struggle. And recently I've realized that my that struggle has developed into this need where I don't want to ask people for help or I don't want to let people know when I'm struggling because I'm afraid of how they're going to view me. And that has sometimes led me into a really unhealthy place of independence and self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And so it's affected me in a lot of areas and it's still a struggle that I'm fighting today. Yeah. Thanks for sharing and being willing to be kind of vulnerable with weaknesses. Um, we really appreciate it. I think one of the things that I've realized was when it becomes to being afraid of what people think, there are different types of people. There are people that are afraid of what everyone thinks and they just don't want anyone to live in disapproval. And then there are people that are afraid of what like a core group of people think, whether that would be their family or whether that would be their boss or people that they respect. And I think when I've realized, like, what does it mean to be afraid of what people think or how it's impacted me? um, I don't always care about everyone. Like, I don't always care what everyone thinks about me. Um, I've come to the conclusion that some people are going to like me and some people are not. And that's just the reality of it. But sometimes I live in fear of what the core people think. And I live in fear of trying to figure out how to make them happy. And sometimes I want to make them happy so I can be happy because I really just like to be happy in life. Um, (laughs) If you didn't know that about me, like I like to be happy. Um, But so for me, thinking through how it's impacted me, I have to go what category do I fall under? Because I think there are people like me that's like, ah, you can think whatever you want to think. That's fine. But then when it comes down to it, there are still people that have power over us. And I think that's the thing with how the fear of how people think about us is we give them power over what we do that they never had the right to have. Right. And so I think that's one of the ways that I've seen it impacts me is that I make choices based on the power that someone else has that I give them instead of walking in that. Um, so kind of follow-up question for you is what freedom has come in your life as you've grown to let go of the fear of what other people think? I think one of the things 
that I've experienced freedom is giving myself permission to feel and to speak more authentically. I think I spend so much time analyzing, dialoguing in my brain as far as, okay, if I make this decision, what will this happen? If I make this decision, what will that person see? And I wasn't really being honest about how I felt. And so I felt like I was on this roller coaster of emotions that I had no control over because I couldn't control how other people would see me. And so when I started letting go of what other people thought of me, I was free to be me and I was free to explore my dreams and and give myself permission to pursue my passions and really just to do what I love. And so I felt like this weight has been lifted off of me mm-hmm. and I'm finding more joy in life. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really experience a lot of joy when you're trying to live according to someone else's wishes. Pretty much. And so, I mean, we see that in students all the time that are in a major because that's what their parents did. Or going to a university because that's what was wished upon them. Or even they're in a relationship that they don't want to be in because they don't want to let the other person down. And it sucks the joy right out of life. Because you're just carrying this burden that you don't know how to get rid of because honestly staying in the pain of where you are seems easier than dealing with the hard stuff to push through. But I personally have experienced a lot of freedom by learning to be myself again. There's a lot of joy. There is. I mean, we got one life to live and we might as well live it being ourselves Mm -hmm. and not um, in fear of what people are going to think of us. I think one of the things that's come in my own life is I've learned to let go of being afraid of what people think and just being like, I quit, I'm done, is I've realized that pleasing Jesus is what really matters. And so if I please Jesus and if I'm obedient to Jesus and I honor his heart and his intentions and really the word of God with what I do, that other people can think what they want to think. And I give them that freedom. You have the freedom to think whatever you want to think Mm -hmm. because I want to live to please one instead of living to please everyone because I think we can't please everyone and please Jesus. And so I want to live to please that one. And I Mm -hmm. think the freedom that's come to my own life is really recognizing if Jesus is happy with what I do, that's all I really care about because that's whose opinion I care about. And that's one of the things that has probably stuck with me the most as I've prayed through this last year. And I've really intentionally sought this out is that I think God spoke very plainly to me that if I want to bring God glory, then being myself is how I bring him glory because he created me Mm -hmm. and he created me with specific passions and gifts and opinions that he molded me for. And if I'm always trying to be someone else, then 
I'm saying, God, what you created wasn't enough. And so if I want to bring God glory, then I need to stop focusing on pleasing other people and stop being afraid of what other people think and just be who God created me to be because that's how I bring him honor and glory. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so easy for us to be afraid of what people think? Well, honestly, at the core of who we are, every single human being, there is an innate desire to be loved and to belong. No matter who you are, no matter what background you have, that's an innate desire of all of us. And I think we still fear rejection. I think we still fear not being enough. Mm -hmm. And I think it looks different and it comes out in different ways. But at the core of it, I think we struggle because we don't want to be rejected. I mean, we want to belong. We want to feel valued. We want to feel important. And when we don't feel that, it, it creates a void in our heart that we don't know how to fill. Yeah, I mean, rejection is tough. Um, it's hard to bounce back from it. It's hard to figure out how to navigate it. When I think about why it's been so easy for me to be afraid of what people think, I've realized that the predominant reason why is because I'm not secure in who Jesus says I am. When I am so concerned with what everyone else thinks, I am not concerned with what Jesus thinks. And so at least for me, when we've like prayed through this and we've worked through this, um, a lot of it really is an identity problem for me. Am I confident in what he says? Am I confident that the word of God is true? And that when he says I'm loved and the beloved, that it's true. Mm -hmm. And so when I start caring more about what other people think, it's when I care less about what Jesus thinks. And that's when I'm generally not secure in who he says I am. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't lie. We are who he says we are. Yeah. So what does the word of God say about this? We got to be people anchored in the word. Um, what does the word say? My favorite verse on this whole topic is Ephesians 2.10, when it says, We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And I love this verse, and it is like an anchor when it comes to my identity, because I am God's masterpiece. That doesn't mean that He created junk, and it doesn't mean that His plan for me is junk but that he has created a masterpiece. Like I am his prized possession. My faults, my weaknesses, my strengths, my gifts, my limitations, it's all comprised and I am his masterpiece. Mm. Because of the blood of Jesus, I am his masterpiece. And not only that, he takes it a step further and he said that he planned good works. That means that the path he laid out for me is to do good, to mm. that he believes in me that I can make a difference, that he believes in me that I am enough. And that has anchored my soul so much, not because I deserve it and not because I've done anything to develop that, 
But I think it's just by choosing to believe that I learn to live it out. Yeah, and I think that's the key is to recognize that because he says that we can believe it and because we believe it, we live it. And that sometimes we need to speak the truth over ourselves. So the word of God and what God thinks becomes more powerful. So what other people think are less powerful. Right. And so we just got to declare it. We got to live it. We got to speak it and allow him to transform it. I think one of the things, and I don't, one of the things that I think about is that we have all these lies we believe and that impacts our fear of what other people think of us. Because sometimes we believe and we are held captive by a thought that people have of us that's not even true. For the longest time in my life, I was held thought by the captive that I was irresponsible because I felt like that was a narrative that was given to me. And I remember someone like my friend with a PhD looked at me and he's like, you are the most responsible person I know. I don't know why you think that. And then I had to go back to Jesus and be like, why do I think this? And what does your word have to say? And so I think when it comes to figuring out how to anchor ourselves in the word of God to get over the fear of what people think, one of the things that we need to recognize is that we all have different lies that are driving that fear. And so sometimes we need to be willing to get alone with ourselves and Jesus and invite a trusted person into the space and help navigate what are the lies and how do we combat that lie with the word of God. So you, by talking about Ephesians, that we are God's masterpiece, like that is you attacking a lie Mm -hmm. that's made you in fear of what people think. But we all have different lies. And so we got to figure out what is the lie that's holding us captive to be afraid of what people think, whether it be that we don't have worth, that we don't have value, um, that our life is going to mean nothing. There is something in it that we believe. And so it's going, okay, how do I, how do I identify the lie? And then how do I replace the lie with the word of God? Because I think for each person listening, there's a different lie. There's a different, there's a different truth that you need to replace it with. And so do the hard work of some digging to figure out what it is so you can find some freedom. And I think one lie that just came to my mind that as I think about college students is I think there's a lie going around that I can't really make a difference. Mm. And so we are so willing to give up because we don't want to be rejected or we don't want people to disagree with us because I really can't make a difference. What does my one voice have? And I think that's a lie that we need to combat is the fact that you can make a difference. And we were all created differently with different passions, but if we don't take a step of faith to learn and to try because we're so afraid of being rejected or we're so afraid of people disagreeing with us or honestly losing people over it. Mm-hmm. If we let that fear hold us back because we don't think we can make a difference, we never will. But the fact is one person can make a huge difference if they're willing to st- take a step of faith. 
Amen. And historically, you see it. Um, I'm not going to go into the historicals, but like when <laughs> one person makes a choice to make a difference and then they influence another person who makes a difference, like it's a ripple effect. Um, so Brittany, I have another question for you. Um, how do you know if you have a problem being afraid of what other people think? I think the symptoms or the evidence is different for each person. I think one of the questions I would ask is how do you react when someone disagrees with you or how do you react when there's conflict? Mm. Because I think it's, well, I see this in my son all the time. I, I promise Brant is like a mini version of me that scares me. That's funny. But like, I'll ask him a question, like, what would he want to do? Would he want to do this or this? Like, would he want to go outside or go play with Legos? He goes, whatever you want me to do. And it's always this, whatever you want me to do. And I just hear this people-pleasing mindset in him that he just wants to do whatever I want to do because he wants me to love him. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways I've recognized that is when we don't have our own opinions, when we don't speak up with our own values, and when we're always just repeating what someone else says, I think that's a sign that maybe we need to think Am I afraid of actually speaking my own opinion? Mm -hmm. But I also think we can see it when people lash out when they're disagreed with, when people lash out in hatred or blame. I think that's also a sign that we care probably a little too much what other people think. Yeah. I think for me, when I think about it, I think... I identified that I cared what people thought too much and that I was afraid by the quiet voice in myself. Um, like if I was paused long enough, I would ask myself the question, why did you do that? Because there would be times I would do things that I didn't want to do or there would be times I would do something that I don't even agree with. Um, generally not huge things, but I would make small choices or I'd say something and I'm like, I don't, I don't even think that. Why did I say that? And so it was for me, I learned that I had this problem because I listened to the quiet voice after something. And then I'd have to realize, oh, like... I was afraid of what that person thought. And because I'm not afraid of what everyone thinks, it's not like there's not this huge overwhelming things that kind of slur out. It's those subtle side things. And where I'm like, ah, do I really care about that like that? Or did I really mean that? Or why did I say that? And so I think depending on what type of problem you have, I think it can either come in the overflowing or it can come in the subtleness. And it's recognizing how to allow Jesus to speak to us after the fact of things. Because I think sometimes it's okay to ask yourself, like, why did I do that? Was that beneficial? Was that good? And so I think universally, whether we overtly care about what everyone thinks and we want to please every human being we come in contact, or there are a select group of people that we are afraid of what they think, um, I think it's a universal problem. I think we all have it. I agree. And so what can we practically do 
to move out of this fear because the fear is paralyzing. It's suffocating. It's awful. What can we do to move out of it? I think admitting it is the first step. (laughs) I mean, honestly, again, we don't want to say that we care what people think because of the stigma that goes with it or because we're afraid of what people think by admitting we have the problem. But I think the first step in overcoming it is being honest and transparent and saying, yep, I have this problem. And then I love how you said earlier to get alone and be with Jesus and a trusted friend. I think we need to be honest with someone in our life and invite them to be a part of our journey to help us identify the lies that we believe and to help us go through the turmoil of emotions. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I've learned about this, this paralyzing fear is that you can't do it alone. If you stay trapped in your thoughts, you just downward spiral more. Mm-hmm. You need people in your life that are going to speak value and speak truth, but also be willing to confront you when they see that you are not being yourself. Mm-hmm. I overcame what I overcame because there were people in my life that called the good out of me mm-hmm. and refused to let me live in the fear. But I couldn't do that until I was willing to be honest with someone else that I was struggling with this. Sometimes I think we are so afraid with the image that we portray that we're afraid to let someone see our weakness. But the reality is, is we all have weakness. We all have problems. Um, I think for some people, you need to identify who you're afraid of what they think. And not, we don't want to have this overt rebellion against people because that's not biblical and that's not good either. Like, want to have a lot of bad things, start a lot of rebellion in your life. But we need to identify who we're afraid of and why we're afraid of it. And then I think learning how to speak truth or how to do things that are consistent with who God has made us to be. And so whether that would be Um, you have a conversation with someone and you write a dialogue of what you say because you know that's a person that you're afraid of and it's the first time you've ever stood up to them or expressed a disagreement. Like, I've done that before. Um, Or whether that would be making a choice beforehand. Like, you're going to go out with some friends in an appropriate social distancing way because we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) You're going to go out with some friends and... You're going to make the choice of what you do and don't do based on what they are thinking about ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to get that fear because the choice is already made. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when it comes to being afraid of what people think, I think we need to think proactively instead of reactively because reactively we'll just go right back. And so um, some things we just got to quit and we just got to say, I throw in and I say, I quit and I'm done. Peace out, yo. And I think being afraid of what people think is one of those ones that we just need to say, I quit. I'm done. Yeah. We're going to find another way to do this. And so if you are a human and you're listening to this, you probably have this fear in some way, shape, or form. It's universal. 
And we would just encourage you to do something very practical, whether it be what Brittany talked about, like opening up and letting someone in, or the idea I talked about of figuring out who are the people you struggle with the most and thinking about how to be proactive instead of reactive. Or really, get along with Jesus and let him speak identity over you. Because we need the hand of God. We need the voice of God to tell us who we are so we can know what to do. If you don't know who you are, you don't know what to do. So thanks for tuning into the conversation um, about I Quit. And we're going to keep on going with I Quit because I think there's a lot of fights that we fight that we just need to say, I quit, I'm done. And so tune in next week for another one. You win.